This is Self-Guided, the podcast for real self-empowerment, where I share the wisdom that I've collected as a feminine embodiment coach. It's everything that's helped me and my clients get off the addictive cycle of finding a flaw within yourself to fix, and instead step into radical self-acceptance. Because honestly, we were never broken. Please enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the fourth episode of the first season of Self-Guided. This week, I am sharing with you the framework that I have relied on to create my own embodied practices. My intention with this episode is that you can then use the framework and support yourself in experimenting with your own embodiment practices. I'll also share with you what has been my experience and some of the important insights that I've realized to help you as much as I can on your journey. Before we go on with the episode, and now that you know what this week's topic is, take a moment to decide what your intention is. No intention is better than another. It's just important to know what it is so that you remain in the driver's seat of your experience today with this episode. Now, there are so many reasons you might want to develop an embodiment routine that you love. Essentially, through this more formal practice, you will develop the skill of connecting with your body's messages. Your body helps you to have access to data your mind alone might not. We also know that the mind is highly conditioned and therefore doesn't always present a full picture of things, but rather one that promotes the current stories and identities that you hold for yourself, which may be problematic when you actually want something different. The more you tap into your body, the better you become at making aligned decisions for yourself. The more unapologetically self-honoring you will be, which means more self-assurance, more inner strength, and so much more. It's a practice in being with and responding with your experience instead of reacting. Do note that embodiment cannot be rushed. Yes, you can put a timer for your practice, but I mean that moving through things or releasing tension or coming closer to sensations, none of that can be rushed. You have to listen to your body's signals of what it's capable of, ready for, all of those things. And there's never anything wrong with where you are in your practice, in your ability, in your capacity. Hold grace for yourself. Get to know you. It's entirely possible that my examples don't resonate with you. That doesn't mean that I'm right and you're wrong. It only means that we have different and equally valid felt experiences or awareness of these. So when I break down the different embodiment routines that I've had in the last year or so, I notice that they all have the same four core elements. Number one, safety. Number two, presence. Number three, awareness. And number four, expression. Let's talk about each element in more depth, keeping in mind that the steps might not always be sequential. Actually, when it comes to embodiment, a linear experience is rather rare. Step one is safety. 
What is safety and how does one create safety? First, I'll amend the term just a little to relative safety or more ease. Some of us who do not feel safe would never get to a place of relatively more safe if we didn't start somewhere. So do consider looking at the step as how you can create more safety or ease to do your practice and be a little bit more fluid and attach your own meaning to the word in a way that feels good to you. When I know I'm about to journey inwards, I tell my family that I'd like some time because I don't feel great when I'm afraid I'll be interrupted. I'll also lock the door of the room after I've done a quick scan of the room. This may seem like a lot or not at all. We all have different measures and things that we need. So consider, what might that be for you? What are some steps or changes in the environment that you are in that would help you to make it easier for you to feel relatively safer? For a while, I would only do embodiment when I was home alone. But I'm sure that for someone else, it could be the opposite that creates a deeper sense of ease to be able to practice. A good way to find out what might contribute to more ease for you is to ask yourself, why doing it now, the embodiment practice, seems like a bad idea. All of the objections that will pop up would actually be showing you what you could address to create more ease for yourself. For me, those objections were that others would walk in and jar me out of my practice. And the other one was that I was going to get so wrapped up in what I was doing that I would skip over the next item on my calendar. That's why I now lock the door and put on a timer where music plays and then stops at the end of my timer. So no jarring. And I still keep to my calendar if that's what I desire to do. Answering the question of why I couldn't possibly do the practice now gave me the information I needed to adjust my environment to create more safety. If at any time during the practice, you start to lose hold of this relative safety, come back to the step and anchor again before continuing. You are always free to retreat and to pause. Once you've created the more easeful space for your practice, it's time for more presence. Presence is being in the current time and space not dwelling on the past or the future. In my experience, it's usually my head that keeps me out of the present. It's a form of disassociation. It happens even when I'm in this container that I've created for myself. And while I will typically start with deep breathing to bring me to the here and now, I sometimes also do a brain dump on paper because my brain just won't stop no matter what I'm trying to do and how hard I'm trying to be present. Hmm, that's probably the problem, how hard I'm trying to be present. So what tends to keep you out of presence? How could you support yourself towards more presence? Because we're talking so much about the body, I want to be completely honest with you right now. Because I can imagine that I'm not the only one that has gone through this or is going through this. Um, back when I really disliked my body, I would have had a much harder time being present in it because my brain would have likely taken the opportunity to point to all of the things I didn't like about my body while I was trying so hard to be present. Knowing what I know now, I would help direct my focus towards feeling present in only the places I felt safe within myself, even if at times those places were my fingers and toes. 
That's where I would have begun, fingers and toes, if I had to. Don't get me wrong, please. You do not need to love every part of your body to be present in your body. You can start small and it's okay. So in this example, what I'm saying or recommending that you consider is you're asking yourself, how do I be more present? Or what is one relatively safer place in my body where I can bring my focus to where I am more likely to be present? Can you think of any other supports that you might need? Be honest with yourself and allow yourself to utilize whatever those may be. The presence will naturally shift into awareness. As you are present, you become aware of what your body feels like at this moment. You might be only minutely aware or hypersensitive or anywhere in between. No problem. Anytime it feels too much, you can retreat just a little. And anytime that you wonder if there's more, you can lead yourself with curiosity, not judgment, to help you to explore further or just be exactly where you are. Your body will speak to you through your felt experience, which may include one, many, or all types of felt sensations from the headspace with visuals or images to the physical with held tension or comfort or discomfort to the emotional with internal vibrations or even the energetics such as a knowing or a wave. There's so much more and all of these are here to tell you something. The awareness piece is that noticing in full presence. The message is coming from self. What do you do with what you notice? Well, that brings us to the expression piece of what you became aware of. What desires to be expressed? Maybe nothing and maybe something. I really want to emphasize that there is no right or wrong way to express what you've become aware of. It's not a specific set of movements or sounds. It's whatever feels interesting for you to try. I mentioned it before, you would likely find me moving my body and making all sorts of sounds. Sometimes the expression, however, it's hardly noticeable. That doesn't mean I'm not expressing as I can or as I desire in that moment. All is welcome. One of my clients, they like to shake it out. Another goes for a walk in the woods and another does calligraphy. You can journal, you can draw, you can write a song or sing one or hum. The expression piece is how you complete processing the felt experience and allowing your emotions to complete their cycle. Whatever is necessary for them to be complete. Let's look at one last piece of the puzzle because this episode is about not just creating an embodied practice, but one you love. For this to become your experience of the embodied practice, that's the intention that you want to approach the creation from. If you build it thinking it will be an arduous process, you're much more likely to have an arduous practice that you then give up on. My intention is to be even more connected to self and be even more self-guided. So when I create my practices, that's what I keep in mind. If I have any concerns, I'll ask myself, how can I adjust my practice today that will create even more connection? So before you use this framework, anchor yourself in your intention for having this embodiment practice. To recap, there are four steps. One, relative safety. Two, presence. 
three, awareness, and four, expression. You may want to come back to this episode again and again for the questions, or you can always download the show notes, which you'll find the link for right in the app where you are listening from in that description of the episode. Your practice will evolve and change with you, and this simple framework will help you to meet yourself where you are, not asking for more than you're available for or less. Until next time, love to each and everyone. If you're new to feminine embodiment or want to know how to better tap into your body's wisdom, I've got just the resource for you. I created the Is This For Me guide to help you find out exactly how your body is speaking to you and letting you know if something is a full body yes or not. You can grab the guide at dominicvandal.com slash links. That's D-O-M-I-N-I-Q-U-E-V-A-N-D-A-L.com slash links, L-I-N-K-S. That's right, with an S. And guess what? The guide is specifically designed to see if a program, course, or coach is for you. And let's be real, you can use this guide for everything. Thank you so much for spending your precious time with me.